welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. So this is the last week of our series, In My Feelings. In My Feelings. How's it been feeling, fam? Has this been helpful? Has it been resonating and speaking to your soul and giving you some wisdom and how to respond to your feelings? If you haven't been here, just to bring you up to speed, what we've been really unpacking and diving into is that sometimes people say you're in your feelings with this negative connotation. This idea that we're not supposed to have the feelings that we have. But what we wanted to do is really look at it another layer, deeper level. Because God has given us every single emotion that we have. Every feeling that we experience comes from God. And anything that comes from God is a good thing if we respond to it in the right way. So as we've been processing feelings and emotions, God has given us feelings so that we can express the emotions that we're experiencing within ourselves. But he wants to use those emotions for us to depend on him and to turn to him in the middle of it. That's the key to unlocking it. That's the key to not allowing our emotions to drive us into unhealthy spaces, but to ask God, what I'm feeling right now, the things that I have inside of me, how do I respond to that in a way that brings me closer to you? Because of how much he loves us and how much he cares about us. And last week we talked about pride and I got a lot of awesome feedback on how deep it was. So I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Hopefully everybody went deep with it. And I figured we got to respond to it a little bit too. Because as we talked about pride, what is at the root of pride is ourselves. Whether it's a negative or positive emotion, it's when we put ourselves in control and as the most important person in the middle of any circumstance we're in versus putting God at the center of it. So when God opposes the proud, he doesn't oppose you. He opposes the pride that's allowing you to go spaces you should. He's trying to hold you back from that. And today, as I feel like a response to that, because so much of pride really comes from a space of insecurity. Insecurity about who we are. A misunderstanding about our own identity. And I'm excited what God's about to do through it. I'm going to be in John 10 to kick things off. If you have your Bible, they'll give you some time to get there. If you don't, there's a free Bible app, which is awesome. But we also want to share with you that the Bible is not something to be intimidated by. The Bible is a love story about the God of the universe who loves each and every one of us so much that he created us to live in community with him. And he gave us free will to make our own decisions. And through our own decisions, we made some mistakes, which separated us from God because God is perfect. So he can't be around things that are not perfect. But you know what's really awesome is that he's like, I got to get back to you. I got to get back to you. And he ultimately sends his son Jesus to die for us so that we could get reconnected with him. So you got direct access to God whenever and wherever you are. And today in John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're taking notes today, the title of this message is Identity Theft. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for these moments that we can come into your presence. 
I thank you for how much you love and you care for us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment, you would reveal something new to our hearts, that you would help us respond to the things that you're speaking to us. And Lord, that you would help me get out of the way for whatever it is you have for this space this morning, for people online, for people might be watching this later. But God, you are good and you are over all things and in all things. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Insecurity. Anybody else struggle with it? I'm really proud of whoever just raised your hand because being insecure, normally you're like, yeah, I'm not raising my hand for that. I'm going to assume everybody would have raised their hand. And there was just a few individuals that were like, I'll do it. I'm going to go for it. But insecurity is real. Like, think of the opposite of insecurity is security, being secure. Don't we love to feel secure? Like job security? Anyone have that job? They're just like, yeah, I love it. And this job's providing for me and it's secure. Am I not sharing any of my big ideas because I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but it's secure. I get everything I need, pays all the bills. Or we love security within our families, this safe space within your home that you can go to, find security there. Personally, I'm really thankful for security on amusement park rides. No one else? Like to be secure? You ever been on a ride and it's not latching and yours isn't latching and the person's walking by checking them like, he didn't check me yet. He did not check me yet. Hold up, hold up. We cannot go. I got to be secure because I'm already scared. I already think it's going to go off the rails. Even though I've been in this line for an hour and a half and I watched it go a whole bunch of times, the time I'm on it is the time it's going to crash. So I got to make sure that I'm secure. Or financial security. Get all the ads emailed to you. Are you secure with your credit card? If someone uses your card that isn't you in a place that you're not in, you're covered. Where do I sign? Social security, more debt. Uh, no. But this sense of security, like I just want to be secure. I think of a blanket. You ever just cuddled up in bed with this blanket? And you're just chilling like, oh, I never felt so secure. I just feel so good right now. Kids, do not come in. Doors locked. Mom and dad time. I'm secure. Because insecurity is a real thing, and it's a struggle that we all have. And I think the root of it comes down to the enemy's attack at each of us. The way this thief is looking to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. That the enemy of our identity is insecurity. Because if you're secure in who you are, you ever see somebody who's just confident in who they are? You're just like, wow. They walked in that room, I just felt something different. When it's a God confidence, it's God, okay? Just to let you know. When it's not a God confidence, pray for him. That joke didn't land. Maybe, maybe in the future. I'll work on that one. But there's this struggle of feeling insecure that prevents us from living fully in the identity that we want. But what is our identity? Where does it come from? How do we even get it? And I want to get to that space, but I think first it's important to focus in on the insecurity side of it, the insecurities that we're facing and that we're fighting against. But to know it's not the end, but there is an enemy that's coming at you. First Peter 5.8 says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Someone say, like a lion. 
like a, lo- a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Like a lion, it isn't a lion. You ever heard the expression, barks bigger than the bite? There's an enemy that's prowling, that's looking, and guess what? This isn't like some scary movie or like, ah, the enemy made himself very clear. It's coming at me. The enemy loves to attack through your insecurities. I would even say, like, say me, I, that the enemy puts the I in insecurity. Not just for me, for all of us. What a crafty way. Think about that. If, he's, if the enemy is just prowling around, looking, who can I get? Who can I get? Who? I think of somebody just creeping. You ever see somebody just creeping on you? You're like, are they following me around this store? I need you to stop. You go down an aisle, you didn't even need anything, and just see if they still keep coming. That's what the enemy is doing. He's just trying to prowl around. How can I get at you? How can I attack you? And he will attack you at your identity. And there's three areas within our identity that I feel are being attacked that are making us so insecure. That we have lost who we are. And we've forgotten whose we are. Or maybe you still have never made that decision. You don't even realize. You're like, man, I've just been seeking my entire life and trying to understand who I am and why I'm here. i got good news for you today. You're about to find out. Insecurity as we struggle with it. Because this enemy who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. This thief who wants to steal. Steal your dreams. Wants to kill your purpose. And destroy your future. And he'll do it through insecurity. So that first key area, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. That is being talked about first because I think it's the most important. It's the way that we see ourselves when you look in the mirror in the morning and you feel like, man, I fail too much. I make too many mistakes. I have too many flaws. I am just not good enough. I don't deserve to be loved by anyone else. I definitely don't deserve to be loved by God. This sense of being unworthy. I am not good enough. I keep trying and I keep trying and I keep trying, but I keep failing and I keep failing and I keep failing and I don't know what to do. But I'm here to report a crime. There is an identity theft. There is an enemy that wants you to feel insecure about who you are and to think you're not good enough. He will put that eye in insecurity so you walk around all day just with your head down. Yep, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Like Eeyore. (laughs) See, but there's, there's such a good truth about who God is and who Jesus is and what he's about in order to save your soul. In Mark 2, 17, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And in Luke 9, 10, he says, I came to seek and save the lost. 
Can I give you some good news that might not sound like good news right away? Yeah? All right, thanks, Lennon. Happy anniversary, by the way. None of us are good enough. None of us. God is perfect. And we're flawed individuals. But here's the good news. You're like, yeah, it didn't seem very good. You just told me I wasn't good enough and I'm struggling with it already. We're talking about insecurity. You just basically affirmed it for me. But here, here's what's awesome is God loves us so much. He sent Jesus to die for us. Jesus saying, I came to seek and save the lost. I'm looking for the broken. I'm looking for the sinners. I'm looking for those who don't know who they are because I have chosen them and I love them because through Jesus, you're more than enough. Through Jesus, you're more than enough. You don't have to figure it out. Here's the biggest thing about our identity and what people struggle with when it comes to a relationship with God. You think, all right, I got to obey everything this Bible is saying. And if I do everything it says, then I can be accepted by God. Then I can be finding my identity as a child of God. But we get it backwards. Really, it's saying, I am a child of God. My identity comes from him. So guess what? I walk in obedience in each and every one of my days. I live out of my faith because I know whose I am. My kids do some pretty cool stuff, and they make some mistakes. But they know they can come to their dad at any moment. And I love them the same. Now, as a human dad, I make mistakes, and I don't get it right every single time, and there's times I might raise my voice, and I'm still in awe at how good God is that they still would come to me no matter what, even when I mess up sometimes. But the God of the universe is perfect, and he is so good that he comes, and he always loves us even when we mess up, because what did he come for? He said, I came to seek and save the lost. I came for the sinners. I came for those who are missing the mark. I came for those who are in need of a savior. That's why I'm here. And I praise God for that. Because I feel like I was the worst of them. The fact that he would meet me in the middle of my brokenness and say, guess what? I got an identity for you that you can walk out of these insecurities you've been living in. You, you can walk away from the lies you've been believing. That you just tell yourself that you're an awful person and you're no good. No, I love you and I care for you. And I came to seek and save the lost. He's coming for you. So it's not just like God saying, hey, when you're ready, come to me. No, he's already coming after you. He's got to respond to it. I'm not good enough. That's the enemy putting that eye in insecurity. But praise God that he puts the eye in your identity. He says, no, you are mine. You are mine and I choose you and I love you and I'm coming after you. And it doesn't matter that you don't have it all together. That's why I came, because he died for us, so we can have a relationship with him. Oof. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Here's one. I care what they think. Anybody like my post today? I don't know. I stopped going on social media a while ago. I used to just have Instagram just to look at pictures. Then I turned it off so I couldn't even see how many likes I had. And then I said, you know what? I'm not even going back to anything I posted. And I'm just like, forget about it, man. Because really, I found myself too concerned with what other people's response would be. Oh, they didn't like that one? My family is beautiful. I got a whole bunch of likes there. But I talked about Jesus. I only got one like, what? Don't act like you never did that. 
and it wasn't good for my soul. Because I found myself so wrapped up in, what do they think about me? Until I found God give me this freedom to say, yeah, there is a thief. There is a thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Wants to steal your dreams, kill your purpose, and destroy your future. And he uses other people to do it. He starts with ourselves and then uses other people. What do they think about me? Do they think I'm cool enough? Do they think I'm good enough? I'm mad I didn't wear my teeny weeny beanie today, you know. I started wearing this little hat I might have talked about a few weeks ago. But God, is, God has given me a confidence and a way to say, people could make fun of me for whatever. And my wife made fun of me jokingly, okay. It was actually Andy who showed a video, and I'm like, teeny weeny beanie? Got me. But I'm like, you know what? But I like that teeny weeny beanie. So I'm a rocket. I have certain tastes in clothes and music and whatever, and, and I used to be so concerned about what someone else would say that I'd see something I really liked. Like, no, I'm not going to mess with that because someone might say something. Now I'm just like, whatever. I'm just going to walk with the God confidence because I'm his kid. I don't have to worry about what someone else says about me. That's the same reason why I have the confidence, and I'll talk to someone about Jesus in the middle of anywhere I'm at. Hey, can I pray for you? But our own insecurities and what we think someone else is going to think about us prevent us from having a confidence, for having a boldness. But it is the thief that is putting the eye in that insecurity. And God's saying, no, I'm putting eye in identity. I have created you. Trust me. Walk with me. I got you. Here's this example in Jesus' life. I just read a verse, and I'm going to read the verse before that verse. You know, I just read how Jesus was telling these Pharisees, hey, I came for the sinners. That's who I came for. Well, let's read the verse right before it. Mark 2, verse 16. It says, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then Jesus responds, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You know what I love about this? They're talking junk. They wouldn't even talk to his face, though. They're chatting about it in the corner, and he's God, so he just heard it, you know. They're talking to his disciples. Talk. If you're going to talk junk, just say it to somebody's face, okay? I'm not calling anybody out specifically. I'm just saying, just have some face-to-face -face conversations. These Pharisees talking junk behind Jesus' back, and he could have sat there and been so insecure. He could have been like, oh my goodness, they're talking about me. They're the religious people, and I came. I'm sent from God. I'm the Father in heaven, and they're talking all this about me. Like, oh, should I just quit? Should I back out of my destiny, back out of my purpose? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm confident in who I am. I am secure that I am the Son of God, and I am telling you, it ain't about you. I came for those who need me. The same thing needs to happen in our lives. We cannot let the enemy keep putting the eye in insecurity, letting ourselves feel like I am valued based on what other people say or think about me. 
No, you need to remind yourself what God has to say about you. Jesus, in the same situation, all these religious people all around him, and he was confident to say the truth because he was secure in who he was. He was on a mission. When you start to live life on a mission, when you trust in God and where he's leading you and guiding you throughout your life, you stop worrying about what's happening around you. and You're just looking straight at Jesus like, all right, I'm coming. What's next? What's next? What's next? Oh, they're shooting at me? I'm bulletproof. can't let what other people say or think about you dictate your value or your identity. And not just in the bad things, but even in the good things. It's good, though, to let your heart fill up if a loved one tells you something that's encouraging. But don't let that create your identity. Only God gives you your identity. And God loves you and he cares for you. Dallas Willard, this incredible theologian, preached a message one time and they walk off backstage and this young kid goes up to him and is like, um, how you think it went? You think it went well? Like you think people responded? Was it too quiet? Was it too loud? Like what do you think? He's like, I, I can't really concern myself with that. I just gave God all I had. So I gave my offering to God. So I'm not going to worry about what someone else thinks, how it went. So good. The same is true for our everyday lives. You just kill it at work and no one says something. You just did an awesome job parenting, you know, and your kids don't say thank you. I know that never happens, right? But there's this confidence you can have to be like, but God saw and I did it for him. Because everything I do is because of who he is and my identity comes from him. So I'm not going to be insecure about where I'm getting praises from. Because if you live through the praise of man, you will fall by the ridicule of man. But when your identity comes from God and you trust in who he says you are, whatever's happening, whatever people are saying, good or bad, it doesn't impact the joy you walk with because you have Jesus in your heart. And if Jesus can respond in a room filled with a whole lot of hypocritical religious people and respond for the truth of who God is because he's secure in who he is, we can be secure about who God says we are. I'm going to give you another example. How many people know who David is? David and Goliath, you know, chopped off Goliath's head, defeated him. But you know his origin story? You know all these Marvel movies like, oh, God, the origin stories coming out. Star Wars origin stories. They're everywhere. And it's cool. And I like them. The Bible has the best origin stories. So David is the youngest of seven brothers. Saul, who was the king at the time, wasn't following God's lead. So God goes to Samuel. This prophet is like, hey, I need you to go and anoint the next king. And as he goes to anoint the king and they're having this big party and it's brother after brother to see who's going to be the next in line. And God's like, no, 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 no. Like, hey, you got anybody else? I feel like we're missing some people. Oh, David, he's out hanging with the sheep. Oh, go get him. Tell him, come here. Come here real quick. 
and David rolls up. How would you feel? There was a party happening. You weren't even invited. All your brothers were being considered to be the king, and you didn't even get an invitation. Like, uh, did I miss it? Did you, did you not get my RSVP? But he shows up, and he gets anointed to be the next king. And here's, here's what God says to Samuel. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Speaking about all the other brothers. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God's looking at our heart. So being so concerned about what they think about you, don't let it. Because there is a thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. There's been an identity theft, and God's saying, I'm taking it back. I'm taking you back. The third area that we struggle with is I want what they have. That feeling of insecurity because you don't have what someone else does. I'm not, I don't want to keep going to social media, but I bet if I looked at the majority of your phones and, you know, if you had an iPhone, you can go over and see, like, how much time you are in each space each day. How much time is Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? There's no condemnation in Christ, but there is a conviction. God might convict your heart right now because how much time... Is in the Bible app. Woo! If you're not a follower of Jesus, this part was not for you, all right? But I'm just saying for those who are following Jesus and you're wondering why you're feeling insecure and you're wondering why you're feeling lost, and you're just scrolling, scrolling. Keep scrolling, 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 scrolling. What? You're just comparing, 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 comparing. Don't have that. Wish I had that. <laughs> Better than them. But this comparison that is eating us alive and we're feeling so insecure because we're finding our identity, whether we're the haves or haves nots. What have we accumulated? Do we have it as good as them? You see their Easter photo? Man, their family is awesome. You can see them in a car ride home. We get in the dumbest fights. Our family's not perfect. I'm just laying it out there. We fight over all kinds of stuff, big stuff, little stuff. Our biggest fight is which restaurant are we going to eat at? I don't like that one. I don't like And then now there's everyone's yelling in the car. Like, that's it? We're eating nothing. You can make PB&J when we get home. You're going to make it for yourself. But nobody's perfect, but we find ourselves trying to compare ourselves to everybody else. And it's what the enemy wants, because he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Wants to steal your dreams, wants to kill your purpose, wants to destroy your future. And how does he do it? Through your insecurities. Through being, I'm not good enough, insecure about ourselves, worried about what they say about you, letting others define us and create our identity. 
And then now the world, do I have what they have? Have I accumulated what they've accumulated? And it's eating us alive and we're walking around feeling so insecure because there is this thief that is coming at you and attacking you don't even know. But you're struggling and you feel like you're drowning and you can't get a breath. Here's what Jesus says when it comes to what we have, comparing what we have to others. In Luke 12, 32 to 34, he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Luke 12, 32 to 34. There's two ways you can look at that, right? Because if you're living concerned with what you have compared to someone else and you're stuck in that comparison trap and you're feeling insecure about life, you'll look at them like, what, I gotta give up my stuff? God's not saying you can't have nice things. But when he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. So is your heart with God or on those things? Is your identity being created by God or the things that you have? Because it's not bad to have nice things, it's just where we put the value in it and how we allow that to impact who we are and what we believe about ourselves. Because that thief is putting the eye in insecurity and coming to kill. But God's saying, no, I'm putting the eye in your identity. I have chosen you. Put your hope in me. Put your heart in me. Know that I've got you, man. You're going to spend an eternity with me, and it's going to be glamorous. There is a treasure in heaven that we'll get to have. I don't even know what that's going to look like, but I know it's going to be awesome. And when we find our identity in God, what people think about us and how we compare ourselves to others no longer has a hold on us. Because we're secure in who we are in God, not insecure in who we are in the world. Big difference. Three areas of challenge, three areas that are coming at us. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Submit, resist. Very short verse, but it's going to unlock it all for us today. This is where the connection between last week and this week really comes into play, too. Because when we're saying, I'm going to make it about God, when we submit to God, saying, God, it's not about me, it's about you. Because my identity is in you. I'm your kid. So I'm submitting to you. 
So I'm not going to worry about what I think about myself, what others think about me, or what I think about me compared to others. No, I'm submitting to you and who you say that I am because I'm looking at who you are and you're way better than me. Submit and then resist because that enemy is attacking. That enemy is coming to steal, to kill, and destroy. Woo! That crime is real. That enemy is real. That identity theft that the enemy has stolen from you is real. But God's saying, I'm ready to take that back. That's mine. You know when your phone just makes some huge, loud, annoying alert? Grabs your attention real quick? That's what God's trying to do to wake us up right now. Hey, I'm here. Stop looking to the world to find your identity. I have created you. Look to me. So I'm going to get us back to our verse that we kicked the morning off with. In John 10, starting in verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. He's saying, hey, come to me. Have a relationship with me and you will have freedom. Watch the life that you can have. And then he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Wait a second, there's a semicolon there. When I read it at first, there was a period there. God's got better grammar than we do. See, because when we read that verse, we see a period. Like, yep, of course, he's coming at me. That's why I'm defeated. That's why life's no good. That's why life's just too hard. Might as well just give it up. This thief keeps coming at me trying to take all my stuff, steal, kill, and destroy, and I'm feeling it. God's like, yeah, but that's not the end of the story. There's no period there. There's a semicolon. If you didn't know how to use it before, this verse shows you. Giving us this pause in the moment because Jesus responds to that. Yeah, there might be a thief coming at you. Woo, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's saying, guess what? There's a thief coming at you, but it's okay because I got you if you trust me. But do you trust him? Do you trust him? Because when the enemy attacks, he does a real sly, real quietly. Because this thief that's coming in and trying to sway our thoughts, it's not the enemy himself. It is ourselves. It is others. And it is this world we've allowed ourselves to become slaves to. Letting culture identify what's important to us. To create our identities where we're living in such insecurity that we feel about this big. And God's saying, no, no, I have created your identity. Not only so, but I am here for you. I am your shepherd. The shepherd would die for a sheep. And he's saying, yeah, I would die for each and every person out there. I 
I came to report a crime. There has been an identity theft. And God's saying, no, I'm going to take back what's mine. That you can live in such a freedom that this life cannot touch. So it reminds me, so Matthew, our oldest, he's 10. At his 10th birthday, we got him a cell phone. Within a week of getting that cell phone, he was on a trip with a family member at Walmart. I won't say who they are. Pushing on a cart, brand new cell phone. He's pumped about it. Guess what? Leaves it in his cart somehow. We get a phone call, this panic happening, like, uh, uh, somebody stole my phone. Somebody stole my phone. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? I can't find my phone. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not with you. Where'd you leave it? In the cart. It's not in the cart. It's gone. It's not in my pocket. I cannot find my phone. Somebody came and stole it. There was no security at Walmart. No offense to them, I'm just saying, like, there just wasn't. I said it very passionately. I wasn't playing at Walmart. What do we do? What do we do? You know what we do? Melissa and I both, we pull out our phones, find my iPhone. Alarm, alarm, alarm. Brr, brr, things blowing up. I'm like, oh, someone's trying to stop it. Alarm, alarm, calling it, calling it, calling it, blowing it up, blowing it up, blowing it up. Boom, guess what? Ten minutes later, they're walking through the store, walking through the store, in a far aisle right by the exit, they find the phone going off, acting crazy. Some of you know where I'm going with this. See, because look, look what happened. This thief who was stealing it, the moment that this thing started blowing up and making all this noise, like, boom, I'm done. I'm out of here. It's not worth the risk. I don't care that much about that phone. But that alarm, that alarm, because we found value in this phone, this expensive phone. I mean, that's why we should have got him the phone. You know, we're having our own little conversation on the side. Very pleasant one. Knew we shouldn't have got it for him. Yeah, but we need to know where he is. Okay, this exact reason why we got it for him, because now we knew where he was and we knew where his phone was. Vulnerability and transparency. All right. But in our lives, we're that phone. And there is a thief that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But as soon as it's not going the way the thief wants it to go, they will drop you and abandon you in a moment. But guess what? All along, God, alert, 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 alert. He's getting louder and louder. You're like, God, where are you? And you keep looking to the world for answers. You're just not looking to him because he's yelling at you. I'm right here, and I'm going to find you. He's got GPS on your life. That might freak some of you out. He knows where you are and he is seeking you all along. He continues to hit the alert, the alert, trying to let you know, hey, I'm here and I got you. I'm here and I love you. Stop falling into that trap. You're allowing the thief to put the eye in insecurity, but I'm right here and I chose you and I'm putting the eye in your identity because I am the great I am and I have got plans for your life better than your circumstances. Are we willing to trust him though? To submit our lives. If we submit to God, resist the enemy. The enemy will flee. He doesn't care. He doesn't really want to fight that hard. But God fights so hard for you and for me. So much so that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. But you got to trust in the identity he has given to you. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. And there's a, a truth I want to leave us with today. 
this truth that you need to remember, this truth about who God says that you are, so that going forward when you leave out of this space today, you can no longer live up to this idea of not being good enough. Don't be insecure about who God created you to be. Or this feeling of, man, what do they think about me? What do they think about me? No, 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 no. I care what he thinks about me, and he thinks something pretty awesome about me. Yeah, but what do they have that I don't have? No, I'm not worried about that because God says I have a treasure in heaven. 1 Peter 2.9, memorize this verse. Take time in this verse. It says, I am a chosen priesthood. That you are royalty. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. And it's critical that we get this together today because you're sitting there thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. God said, yeah, you are good enough because you are chosen. I'm chosen, can you say that today? I'm chosen. Man, that didn't sound good enough. We might as well keep saying it until we can believe it because God is saying you are a chosen people. Say, I'm chosen. chosen. See, because when the enemy comes in, this thief's coming in to steal. God's saying, no, you can't steal what's mine. You are chosen by God. He's got a plan for your life. He loves you way too much to leave you there. And I want to read to you from Psalms because in this Psalm is written by David who was ostracized and looked down on and was the last one thought of. Not only as he became king, but even afterwards being chased down, trying to be killed. And as he writes this Psalm, 139, 13 to 15, these are the words you need to continue to say over your own life. For you created my inmost being. This is him talking to God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, God has chosen you. He knew you before you were any thought in anybody's mind. You were chosen. You are royalty. Say, I'm royalty. Oh, come on, let's not keep doing this. I'm royalty. See, that's a hard truth to attach ourselves to. Royalty, what does that even mean? I don't even know Prince Harry. David was just a shepherd out in a field when God called him out and said, you're set to be king. And then God sent his son, Jesus, who came to be king. And Jesus, who is the king, the enemy came to try to kill, but you can't kill the king. God has risen Jesus on the throne. So what the enemy thought he defeated, what the enemy thought he killed is alive and active. And through him, we have life. We are royalty. If you don't believe it, Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by God's spirit. See, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you get God's spirit living within you. 
For those who are led by the Spirit of God are called children of God. So if God is on the throne and God is the king, guess what that makes you? Say, I'm royalty. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, we, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be wars. There's going to be battles. But we have the victory in Jesus. And we are co-heirs with Christ to the throne. That can give you a confidence to say, this is my identity. This is what I'm walking in. Yeah, I'm owning the fact that I'm chosen. I'm owning the fact that I'm royalty. And I'm owning the fact that I'm holy. Say it, I'm holy. I'm holy. The word holy means set apart. See, when you're being called holy in this verse, God's saying, guess what? What the enemy came, he came to try to destroy. You can't destroy the destiny God has for you. The enemy has no shot. He's got no chance. Why? Because you're holy. You've been set apart for a purpose. A purpose God has for your life. And something he wants to do in and through you that your life is the only one that can accomplish it. But it happens when we find our identity in who God says that we are and not in who the world says that we are. First Peter 1, 15 to 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is risen. Be holy because I am holy. God's just saying, hey, I'm set apart, but you're set apart because you're heirs to the throne. So when I'm calling you holy, I'm saying you're set apart. It's because you have me inside of you. So walk with confidence. Find your identity in me and stop finding it in your insecurities because that thief is already gone, doesn't care. It's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And God's like, no, I don't care. I'm canceling all that out. You want to know why? Because they're my special possession. Say it. I'm God's special possession. You are precious. God loves you so much, and he's got such a big plan for your life, and he's saying you need to own it. Memorize 1 Peter 2.9. Read it every day this week. Start with it in the morning. Start with it when you go to bed. Read it with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends, your kids. Read it because that's the truth about who God says that each and every one of us are when we walk in step with God. When we trust in who God is and we've accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. There is salvation that comes only in him and he wants to free us from the ways that we're living right now. Because the enemy puts the eye in insecurity, but God puts the eye in your identity. And he says, you are chosen. You are royal. You are holy and you are special. That's what God says about you. So who cares what you say about yourself? Who cares what someone else says about you? And who cares what the world says about you? Because God is better than all of it. And he's over all of it. That thief's coming to steal, but God says, no, I've chosen you. The enemy's coming to kill, but you can't kill the king, and you have life through Jesus. He's been defeated. And that thief will try to destroy you. 
destroy the destiny that God has for your life, the purpose that he has for your life. But you must submit to God, trust in him, accept your identity in him. Satan, you're not welcome here. And he will flee. Because he's like a lion, he's not a lion. You have salvation through Jesus. Your identity should come through Jesus. The fact that God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for you and for me so that we could have salvation in a direct relationship with God. insecurities can be defeated, but not through our own strength, but through God's and through who we are in Christ. And I want to take a moment, I want to pray over each and every person in this space because I feel that some of you today in this space, whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or you've never made that decision before, that something right now is shifting in you. Something right now is changing in you and you're seeing yourself in a way that you never have before and it's not because of you've changed, it's because he's changed you. Let them in. Let them in. God, I pray over each and every person in this space. I pray over everyone online. I pray, God, I pray that you would help us all be secure in our identity in you. I thank you, God, that you say that we are chosen, that we are royal, that we are holy, and that we are your special possession. God, we trust in you and that promise. We trust in you and who you say that we are. And God, I pray for freedom from the insecurities that pull us back. God, I pray for freedom from those who think they're not good enough. I pray for freedom for those who are concerned with others think. I pray for freedom for the comparison trap that pulls us in. God, that we would be fully secure in who you are because you put the eye on identity and we rebuke the devil. We tell him to flee and he can take his insecurities with him because I know who I am. We know who we are in Christ. We pray all these things. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, because we trust you, because you are good. I thank you that you are gentle. I thank you that you speak to us in every season. Thank you for the love that you've given us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, God, for Jesus who died for us so that we could have salvation. I thank you for our identity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.